What's going on, everyone? Welcome into Near Falls with D. Hall, a wrestling podcast. Here we go. Welcome into another edition of Near Falls with D. Hall, a wrestling podcast. Today, we have on some very special guests for you guys. We're going to do a little bit of a different episode for you guys. We're kind of doing a roundtable. We have all three of the Zanetta brothers from Keystone Oaks. JJ, his accomplishments include a two-time All-American at Mercyhurst University and an Allegheny County champion. Anthony was a four-time NCAA qualifier, over 100 career wins at the University of Pittsburgh, a two-time state champ, and he was selected as the 09 Whippeal Wrestler of the Year. Nick was a two-time or 2018 NCAA qualifier, a Midlands place winner, a CKLV place winner, a two-time state runner-up in high school, compiling a career record of 132 wins and 26 losses. Hey guys, how you doing? It how you doing today? Welcome into the podcast. Thanks for having us, Tony. Excited, man. Thanks. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah good to be here. You know, and I'm glad that you guys are coming on and kind of hanging out with me. And, you know, this is a little bit different than what I've had on so far. But I think it's so cool because, you know, around the Whippeo and around the area, you guys are one of the most well-known set of brothers um, coming through. Um, It's just so cool. And I think, you know, I talk about with a bunch of different guys, the family dynamic or the brotherhood um, aspect of wrestling. You guys really have something different than no one else has. You guys all wrestled together, and some, you know, JJ, you coach the younger guys, and it's just so cool to see. So, with that being said, you know, I'm going to open it up like this, and it's kind of kind of an open format for you guys that are listening out there. Something a little bit different. Um, with that being said, like, kind of talk to me about how you guys all got started. Was it like your dad uh, was he a wrestler? Um, you know, we kind of talked off air. Anthony, you were talking about kind of running around the wrestling room, like barely being able to walk, but like taking hits off the mat and stuff. So just kind of walk me through, you know, whoever wants to start and we'll kind of just, we'll roll with it. Well, I'll start uh, because I guess I was the first to get into yeah, it. I think you should start. But uh, my dad wrestled in high school. Okay. And he wrestled for Dave Kling. Okay. It was uh, at... Uh, at the time, well, he was actually my high school coach as well. Okay. So Dave's first, very first season as a head coach was my dad's freshman year. Okay. And then his last season before he retired was my senior year. Oh, wow. That's so, awesome. Yeah, pretty crazy. 30-something years. Yeah, yeah, a lot of years. Um, but my dad wrestled for that guy. So now uh, he took me down to the youth wrestling program, and I was – I don't know, four or five. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't just because my dad had a great experience with Dave Kling. Mm-hmm. He was like, you know, an awesome dude. Dave, who was like a legend. Right. So uh, he had a great experience and he wanted to introduce me to it. So nice. I went down and I couldn't do the hop on one foot drill and then like do a 360 in the middle of the mat and continue down. Right. I kept falling down. So I quit. <laughs> and then uh, I went back the next year. I could do it, and I was like, "All right, I'm, I'm going to try this." Nice. Yeah. So nice. I did it, and then I guess I stuck with it. And then after a while, my dad and his buddy Mike McGee started the. Uh, they took over the youth wrestling program. Okay. And so 
these guys wrestled under my dad. Right. So I'm guessing you guys were kind of like, JJ's going to practice. Your dad's dragging you guys along. You're probably in a stroller or at a baby carrier. You're running around the room, like, barely able to walk in diapers. So, essentially, you guys pretty much grew up, grew up in the room, huh? Yeah, it was like I was telling you guys a little bit before. Like, I would just find myself down in the room at age, like, four years old. And at four, you don't really know what wrestling is. You don't really know what you're doing. Yeah. So, I was talking earlier, you know, I'd just go down there and start doing, like, somersaults and cartwheels for an hour. And then, like, try to wrestle someone and just... You know, we laughing the whole time and then go yeah. home and, and thought it was, like, pretty fun. But, um, but you know, growing up, though, like, you know, we I consider ourselves a wrestling family. And with my dad and JJ getting it started, yeah, you know, and uh, my dad was such a fan of the sport that we didn't, I don't want to say we didn't have a choice, but it was just, like, something we kind of just found ourselves right. in the wrestling room. And very, very fortunate in our early years our coaches and, and my dad, who was the youth coach, kept it extremely fun and and as least serious as almost possible. Right. And that I think that's ex- important and and today especially too because it's such a difficult sport that it's not very fun and it's intimidating for a lot of kids. So absolutely. I, Looking back, I think it was the most important thing going down there, having a great time, keeping it fun, just wrestling around. Right. With not, not a whole lot of structure. And yeah. yeah. So I mean, that's the same way for you, Nick. Yeah, I mean, I. to be honest, I don't think I had a choice. Right. But at the same time, you know, my dad never forced us to wrestle. Okay. I know a lot of times my dad would sit me down because he could tell that, you know, Sometimes I, I wasn't having fun or I wasn't enjoying it, but and he would sit me down and say, "Listen, you don't have to do this." Right. Which I don't know if that was like reverse psychology or, or what, but I, I would say it worked on me for sure. That's so cool, and you know, I've talked on my past couple episodes talking to different guys, and and for you to bring up a story, Anthony, about your dad making it fun. I think that's what we need in our sport more than ever now because parents are putting so much emphasis on their kids and like they're seven years old and they're already thinking scholarship 10 years down the road line you know what I mean and it's so crazy how focused and like their parents are like oh he's just gonna wrestle like and I was talking to Aaron on my podcast and just be a mother sport athlete have fun and just have fun with the sport and that's what grows the love and the and just wanting to do it every single day and enjoying the grind so to speak so, you know, it's basically from, and it's kind of what I expected. You guys are a wrestling family right off the bat. And, you know, your dad kind of coached you guys all throughout the youth program. So, obviously, you know, you guys were in the same room a lot and you grew up together. Do you guys have any, like, good, like, growing up wrestling stories in, like, the house? Like, Tark was talking about. He had, like, this oversized wrestling dummy when he was younger, and he used to flip it around the room, right? Do you guys have any, like, whether it was, like, a fight or, like, a funny story? Do you guys have anything like that for me? How much time we got? (laughs) (laughs) I got tons of fights. (laughs) I I wanted to kind of bring up our our living room wrestling. Okay. Um, I mean, JJ being 10 years older than than me, the youngest, and six years older than Anthony, Mm -hmm. there was probably a five-year span where he could pin... Anthony and I both at, at the, the same, same time. time. That's awesome. 
So as you know, years kept two going reverse, on. Two reverse headlocks. <laughs> to get one and then track the other one down yeah. and grab him and get him. Oh, it was fun. You know, as, as years went on, we're like, we're getting closer and closer. And eventually he just, there was no chance for JJ to get us back. <laughs> so did you like kind of shy away from the competition at that point? Or did you keep going at him? <laughs> no, it turned, flipped, it flipped into like, how fast can these two pin me? <laughs> <laughs> so but backwards on you. That's oh, awesome. That would get, oh, and, that hurt. And to build off yeah. your question, we literally living in wrestling last week. Like, so it's, <laughs> I'm 29 years old. It hasn't stopped. Like, we'll oh, go over to my yeah. parents' house, all of us, and we'll just be sitting there watching the TV in the living room, and I'm just like, anyone? Why don't we quick little go? <laughs> 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 I'm telling you, like, it'll, it'll never end. It'll never end. Ride like, same thing. My mom's screaming in the kitchen to stop. My dad's the ref. Like, it's something out of a movie. It's so funny. Oh, so it, it hasn't stopped. But. I love it. And that's, yeah. you know, that's the kind of stuff that that you hear, like, whether it's, like, a wrestling room in the basement or whatever it is, but... You, with you guys having such an age gap and still wanting to go crazy and have a good time, even to this age, it, you know, it's that's awesome. That's and now as I'm sure it's a, even a little bit more. You know, you guys are all of age, so cracking a couple cold ones and wanting to get after each other. I'm sure that definitely happens. You know, hike up the shorts a little bit. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, you know, moving on. Obviously, you guys were all very successful in the sport, and you. Um, achieved a lot like I said at the top you know you guys were all you know you, uh, JJ you were an all-american immersers and you guys were both national qualifiers at Pitt at the division one level let me ask you guys this because everyone I bring in on this podcast you know they all had some level of success what as you're going through your youth career how did you guys start to jump levels how did was it you saw JJ doing so well, like you maybe he was in high school, you guys were you know, six, seven, eight years old. Did that drive you or whatever the case may be? Was it a coach? Like how did you guys start jumping levels and like was it did you like find the love for the sport and you're like, I wanna do this for the rest of my life? So just walk me through that. I guess I'll lead off with JJ and we can kinda of go down the, the line and we'll stick with to that format for you guys at home. Um, you know, whoever talks first, that'll be JJ and then we'll go to Anthony and kinda of to Nick. So, uh, walk me through that, JJ. Well, you say, how did you, how did you word it? Change. So, basically, how did you guys, how did you uh, jump levels, jump like levels. going through youth and into high school and stuff? So, it, it would be, it's, it's kind of like a, an objective measure. Okay. Did you jump levels? You know, did you place higher in states this year or next year, you know? And I never really had those accolades in high school. Okay. Uh, and it was just... I, I was never able to jump past the names like the Headleys and the Coleman Scotts and okay. I mean, run down the list. Like there were just a that was the golden, a gang of da- yeah, a gang of dudes that I just man. couldn't find uh, a way past. And uh, so I think I mean I was competitive with them. So right. you know I'm sure we were all like getting better together, mm-hmm. right? As you age, so I never I just couldn't quantify that. Mm-hmm. So when I uh, graduated high school I in college I just had that chip on my shoulder like I've wrestled the best dudes in the country right. and and now I'm like out from under their yeah their shadow they're all doing and other like, things across the country and stuff yeah. and you're like all right this is my time now I love yeah it. like who am I gonna wrestle like a guy from Wisconsin like yeah who cares about Wisconsin? from PA baby yeah. right <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely so I had that chip on my shoulder so you know and uh I guess in college I started to find success like 
the last uh, two years, yeah. junior, senior year. Mm-hmm. And that was, uh, it felt good. You yeah. know, you like just frustrated with not getting those, not getting to where you want to be. Mm-hmm. And then um, finally you get, get a little success. Nice, man. But these guys, it was like <clears throat> noticeable and right. uh, immediate. You know, right. and go ahead, Nancy. You could tell them about that. Yeah, I mean, I think I've, I, th- I think I was fortunate enough to have some success early, and I think a turning point, to be specific about the question, was I would say probably about like eighth grade. Okay. And I, uh, that was really when I actually started to quit all the other sports to focus on wrestling. Okay. And when you're in eighth grade and that young, to have that realization of like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to really go all in and commit. Looking back, I mean, I don't know if that's an easy decision to to make at such a young age. So, I don't really know what it was. I, honestly, I I hated losing more than I liked winning, and I I seriously think that was like a big motivator I would be absolutely crushed like when I lost like I would I would go run away and hide like they have a story I was um, peanut having the last row up in uh, the Johnstown War Memorial the old Hershey it was at Hershey it was at Hershey I went I lost and I ran up to the very very top and I was no one was up there on the upper deck right? right so I was like the only one up there at the top row in the corner <laughs> and our family who's down in the stands is, right. is filming me and they're zooming in on me and everyone's <laughs> laughing you know and I was just like devastated so I always hated losing more than I think I liked winning at a young age and I think that was a big motivator but um you know seeing JJ and have some have success and um I think that was a big motivation and you know it's a, it's a sport that is pretty addictive um, yeah. as far as when you do have a little bit of success. And um, especially when you start to go to some clubs and, and wrestle with some other, other guys around around the area, um, it gets very competitive. And um, it, there's always someone out there who's going to be right. better than you. So. You're you're just trying to trying to get to the top there. Amen. Yeah. Amen. And he he jumped. Oh, if I'll jump in Go ahead. on his career, uh, he went from sophomore year of high school having a one uh, one win state tournament to only losing one match his ju- between his junior yeah. season junior so, years. So listen, so that's a jump. I am going to cut you. Right, we'll get into high school. Trust yeah. me. We'll talk a bunch about the high school. So you get, same question for you, Nick. Uh, kind of what was your early success? You you talk about uh, Anthony being six years you know ahead of you. So you know if I, I do that right, he's in you he's know four, four years. Four years. Oh, okay, years six. Okay, four. So. You know, he's getting into early high school or and having success in middle school. You're going through the youth circuit, and, and you know, for anyone that's out there listening, that's kind of not around as much. Uh, PA, the youth circuit, you wrestle. You know what? A hundred times a year. You know, you just keep going weekend after weekend. So, what was it for you uh, that you know you kind of really helped you jump levels? Well, it's it's like with that age gap again. Um, we we weren't in the same weight or skill level to be mm-hmm. wrestling partners together at the same time. Um, so to, to kind of piggyback off of that, you know, watching Anthony 
who's four years older than me, um, as he kind of gets his accolades and, and places at states and places at even JOs for that matter, um, that's kind of like the pathway that I set my goals for. And, you know, obviously, if we're going to fast forward into high school, it's like he gets two gold medals and, and I get two silver medals. So it, it's right. kind of hard to enjoy that knowing that your older brother did better than you. Right. Um, but I, I he think... He said it. <laughs> Proof. Recorded. Lock it in. You're shut down now. I think it's the first time I ever, ever heard him say that. Because every really? single time, it's, oh, no, no, I could beat And you. that's the thing about, you know, this podcast. And I've, you know, I've had a bunch of different people on at this point. Every single person says it's kind of like a therapy session. Yeah. And uh, JJ walked in and... and uh, kind of talking about he's like we're probably going to talk about stuff that we might have never talked about as a family and that's what I love I love that you guys are hanging out with me and you know just talking about the sport which you know I love so you know and, and you guys were talking a little bit about you know your high school careers and JJ you kind of didn't have as much success as your little brothers did so as you could see in the intro mine was five seconds long. right right and there's just like the whole sheet right but at the same time you know you found yourself at mercyhurst and uh i was talking to nick a little bit off air you came back and started coaching these guys and that has to be such a cool feeling talk to me about walking in that wrestling room for the first time back after college and your little brothers are, you know, they're grinding, trying to achieve their dreams. What was it like to, you know, and, and not to get into, like, real details because we're going to get into all the details of their state tournament runs and things of yeah. that nature. But just in a broad view, what was it like to help your little brothers achieve their dreams? Yeah, it was it was so much fun. And I actually was – I was living at home okay, and helping coach uh, – I was coaching Anthony as a volunteer okay. at Keystone Oaks, and then by the time Nick was there, I was a head coach. Right. Um, so I was down in the room, you know, the weekends and maybe So you guys had JJ 24-7 at home and in the room. Yeah. So no break with you guys. I love it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I'm sure that, uh, you know, I brought a different intensity to okay. and, and level of expectation yeah. to and when I was working out with Anthony. And, uh, you know, by that time, we were probably only 20 to 30 pounds in weight difference, so, like, manageable. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it was, it was so much fun to, to work with him, and he was, I mean, both of them, extremely coachable. And, yeah. You know, you don't have, like, the, I don't know, it was a different dynamic of a relationship if we were, like, much closer in age. Right. You know, talk about competitiveness, but, like, no one was starting over another brother no one was like hey this is my weight class you know yeah um it was all just like helping yeah selflessly helping each other so uh i mean i'm sure that i'll speak for all three of us like we just enjoyed kicking each other's asses I you know it. and the pushing each dynamic, other really right? i mean just pushing each other like i would push anthony and then you know i'd watch anthony take uh come home from breaks from pit and he'd have workouts with Nick, and he's pushing Nick. And I was like, Jesus, what are you doing to this kid? And he's like, and then someone, uh, another coach hit me in the chest. He goes, you used to do the same thing to Anthony. And I was like, oh, all right. Yeah, yeah you know? it makes sense. So you hand it down. But it was, it was, it was amazing. 
That's awesome. And so getting into high school, um, for for we'll we'll talk about Anthony a little bit here. Obviously, you're one of the most decorated high school wrestlers, not only in Keystone Oaks history, but in Whippeal history. You were an 09 Whippeal Wrestler of the Year, um, two-time state champion. Were you undefeated either, either of those years? Um, yeah, my junior year, I was undefeated. Right, because I remember I watching you at the county tournament. Um, and, it, you know, just a quick funny story, and I had to apologize to Anthony when I found out these guys were willing to come on. Uh, I used to live up in, and this is full disclosure for you guys that are listening to me, I, I was living in Mount Washington at the time, and uh, I had a couple of cold ones one night, and I met Anthony down there, and I'm such a nerd when it comes to Bad wrestling air. and such a fan that I saw Anthony, and no joke, I cornered him for an hour and was just talking about it. And I knew he was uncomfortable. And I felt so bad when I woke up in the morning and my wife, my then-girlfriend, told me. Um, so, you know, we've definitely... I, I just going in on him, and I felt so bad. But that being said, so I do remember um, Anthony at the county tournament uh Wrestling, I believe it was Tyler Zimros or Zimros. Tyler Zimros wrestled him from yeah. from uh, Central, Central Catholic, Catholic. Yep. and you know he unfortunately had a heart issue and couldn't finish mm-hmm. you know his high school career. But I remember you going into the county tournament being undefeated from the year before. So you know you you had such a great high school career. Do you attribute that to JJ coming home and kind of just beating the dog shit out of you, or was it like? You found your confidence, and JJ touched on it a little bit. You know, you you only won like one place, one match at states, and then all of a sudden you're like pushing to get a state championship. What was it that you found that kind of just took you to a whole nother level? That's a good question, and I don't know if it's if it's um, one particular thing. I think having JJ come down to the room, you know, fresh out of college was one of the most influential things in my career because I remember going up to watch you know him compete at Mercyhurst and just watch him compete in college and I remember you know my parents would film everything and I remember you know we'd have like a two-hour ride home from Erie to Pittsburgh or a three-hour ride home from like Ashland Ohio Mm -hmm. or two-hour ride home from UPJ to Pittsburgh and the whole entire ride home I would like be digging for the camera and I'd just be watching JJ compete, and I would be like fast forwarding, rewinding, slow motion, rewind, slow motion. Like I remember, I was like OCD. I was like literally taking notes, and yeah. I was just like, okay, these college guys are doing these moves. I should probably be trying to do these moves. Okay. And um, having that, having someone who was in college who was doing it, I think was was pretty much everything. I mean, I had so many good influential people in my life. Um, around the sport that it's just it was it was hard not to be in a good mental space and I think if you talk to any wrestler nowadays a top level top level wrestler they will tell you that the sport is probably upwards of 80% mental and 20% physical and a lot of people at home who aren't extremely familiar with the sport are probably saying no no way Right, but it's the truth, and it's really hard to explain. But you need people around you who are reassuring, because confidence, in my opinion, comes from your training. And 
I had JJ, who's been there, and was just raising the intensity in the room. But then I had Nikki, who was just reassuring. Right. I don't think there was anyone that I've ever lost to who Nikki like ever said like, "No, you can beat that guy." Right. Because whenever he said that, it was it was the confidence just rose. Right. So it was a combination of both your brothers brothers family coaches good mental space i mean it's it's definitely not one thing mm. um but you said it's, something it's that kind of stuck focus. out which is you get confidence from your training and having jj wrestling through college and anthony obviously older than me seeing what it takes to get to that level is reassuring in the sense that you're doing enough like without having somebody to emulate your path mm-hmm. off of it's it's kind of a question because there's no guarantee with the amount of work you're doing in the room is going to translate to success so if i see how hard they're working and i see what they're doing right to get to their point it kind of it's it's like reassuring in, right. in that sense yeah i i remember uh, watching JJ like we had we had a wrestling room in our basement growing up and we had we had an Airdyne bike so so it wasn't just in the uh, living room you it actually, wasn't we so actually, when it got serious you go, you guys moved down to the basement here's a story <laughs> yeah. we, the wrestling room we, we did everything except wrestling I swear <laughs> yeah. Yeah. we would just uh-huh. kill each other Dude, yeah you couldn't wait until as soon as the fork hit the plate when dinner was done it was like we're going to the living room. We couldn't wait long enough to go walk downstairs into yeah. the wrestling room. Yeah. We had to do it right then and there, right next to the fireplace. Living room was wrestling. <laughs> wrestling room was, uh, was just straight up brawl. Yeah. Right. I, I was like looking back on that. I think that was such a good decision by my parents to put a wrestling room in the basement for three three boys mm-hmm. growing up who, who were wrestlers. But... Yeah, that's it saved probably saved a lot of furniture. For sure, <laughs> yeah, right, so yeah. room with a padded walls Cold and padded baths. floors. Right, yeah. what can go wrong? <laughs> right. So you know, talking and you guys are giving me such great stuff, and I, and I love it. Talking about the development and Anthony, we touched on it. You won two state championships. You didn't really face any, um, you know. Adversity, so to speak, your junior, senior year. You maybe faced a little bit, but at the end, you won your state championship. You achieved your dream. Now, we're going to shift gears a little bit, and I talked to Nikki a little bit off the air. I was texting with him, and, you know, I've been so lucky that every guy I have on, they're so willing to talk about their downfalls. And Nick has agreed to talk about some of his stuff, just like, you know, Targ talked about, you know, Ron Tarquinio, who I just had on, talked about him losing his senior year round of 12. And, you know, we're going to get into that with you a little bit later. And so, you know, you being the coach, you know, you're the head coach, uh, JJ, that is. And Anthony, you're a pit. Um, you know, you watch Nick. And for those of you that are out there that are listening, you know, for these guys wrestled in double A for Keystone X. So they would wrestle sections, Whitfields, regionals, and finals. So, Nick, you battled uh, Jimmy Golabonier's junior year. And, Jimmy, for those of you that are out there, and if you know, if you're listening to this, you probably know who Jimmy Golabon is. He was like Mr. Everything in high school. He was like king shit. He was the man. So, you wrestled him, what, three times your junior year in a row? Whitfield finals, regional finals, yeah. and state finals, yeah. And, you know, every single time, you know, you came up a little short. 
So first, uh, talk to me about what's that like and, and kind of going through each match and trying to figure it out. And obviously, you know, he was one of the best to ever do it in PA. So that's a tough hurdle to overcome. And then, you know, after you're done, I want you two to talk about your side of things. You know, you're in college and, you know, what your feelings is, the input you're trying to give him to help get over this hurdle. And obviously you're in the room with him, JJ, and just, you know, I, I wanted to get into this because we talk about brotherhood. I've talked to everyone about brotherhood in the sport. And with you guys literally being brothers, there's no better support system than what you guys have right here. So break it down for me a little bit there. Yeah, I mean, I, um, just my my circle, you know, mm-hmm. family and close friends, uh, they were kind of making excuses for me, right? Saying that, you know, there's a goal of bond, like nobody's expecting you to win. Um, so in my mind, like that, that translated to my mindset, right? Right. And so, you know, I lose in the Whippeo finals, I lose in the regional finals, and then, you know, the big stage comes around and I'm, you know, I'm starting to change my mindset. Right. And, you know, once I lost in the finals, although we talk about Jimmy Golubon, you know, going down as one of the PA greats, it's, it didn't make it any easier. Right. You know. Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, that's your dream and you, you fall just a little short for sure. Yeah. And, and you know, we had a few conversations in the, in the beginning of the season preseason and you know people are saying jimmy Golubon's at that weight yeah you know, i don't i don't care right i'm not moving around i'm not trying to shy away from the best wrestlers that's not that's not me that's not my brothers that's not what we're gonna do um so you could say that i i was thinking of Golubon before the season even started um and you know Stars aligned, and we met three times in a row, but didn't mm-hmm. didn't get the, the the gold medals. But I don't think I have any regrets, especially right. you know not trying to shy away and, and getting a gold medal from it. And yes, yeah. an easier weight class. Yeah. So so break it down for me. Uh, you know, we'll go to Anthony first uh, because you know you weren't as connected. You're trying to grind through. You know, you're around the same time you're trying to qualify for nationals at Pitt and stuff. What was it like watching your little brother kind of go through that experience? Um, every time Nikki lost, I mean, I secretly loved it because I was just like, <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, I was like, this is what, because I'm in college, I'm already in college. Right. So I'm like, this is what you need to succeed okay you need to lose in in order to succeed and every time it sucked don't get me wrong it's it was absolutely devastating okay but there's two things i'll say is like i'm trying to balance my energy and focus and what i have going on because right at the time it was ready for ac or ewl's accs and ncaa's and um I get more drained and nervous when I watched my brothers compete than I did. I hear that. Right? Same yeah, with you. I hear so that. like yeah. I was trying to balance both. Right. Right? But I'll say this, like every single week and whether it be Nolf or Golubon, right? He's wrestled them three weekends in a row and then Nolf was four weekends right. in a row. Um I'll say after every single match, I didn't it was because JJ and I were coaching each, him for those for those last four weeks of the postseason, 
after every single match he had with those guys, I never felt like we were out of it. Like, I never felt like he right. was out of it. It was always like, I think the next one we're going to get him. Try to change up a little thing here or there and try it to is, get after it. It was just close. It was just a little momentum. And I was like, next week, could, could I think it could be it. And then the right. next week, I think it would be it. So it, was, it wasn't like confidence was down. Confidence was, was steady. Um, but it was weird because JJ and I were coaching, and every single semifinals match was an absolutely enormous win. Right, but quick turnaround time. Hey, we got the number one pound for pound wrestler in the country uh, next, right right in two hours. So (laughs) yeah, it's changed the mindset a little bit. It's you you couldn't, we couldn't get too excited, which you can't really do, and that's in the sport of wrestling. It's tough, man. So it was just you dealt with it. Nikki said it best. We didn't really run. We didn't. We didn't run from anybody. Like that was one thing my dad was real big on. Like. What are you gonna do? Cut ten more pounds and be miserable just be so you can get a, so you can avoid somebody? Like that's a terrible mindset. Like let's 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 wrestle, let's scrap. That's why we're in the sport. You yeah. Know? Amen. So Amen. I, I think Nick said it best. Go ahead, JJ. What do you, I'd like to hear. I mean, you being the head coach, you know, you're watching your little brother, and, and you know, I never, re- I didn't really talk about it, but it's really the same thing. You know, Nick, your senior year, four weekends in a row, you wrestle Nolf. And if unless you're living under a rock, you know who Jason Nolf is in the sport of wrestling. You know, he's one of the greats in PA and definitely one of the, I'd say, at least a top 25 wrestler of all time in college. So, you know, you wrestle those hammers back-to-back weekends and you don't achieve your dreams. You know, Anthony, before you, achieves his dreams. He's a two-time state champ going to pit. JJ, what's it like? You know, and, and he kind of said it. I'm assuming it's probably going to be similar, but what's it like, your little brother, your baby brother? So even worse, <laughs> right? What's it like watching him kind of fall short? Yeah, it was. It was. It was different because Anthony was such an animal. It seemed like any any match that came across as a coin flip or like this kid's tough, Anthony just seemed to win them all the time. Right. Um, Nick, like those those matches were um, invaluable experiences, and having experienced my own shortcomings in high school, I never I never thought that it would be devastating to him from a co- level of confidence, and and maybe that was even uh, helpful because he if he had lost to like some kid who never placed at states before or something and it was a disappointment like a true yeah. upset or something in the state finals maybe it would have like affected him in a more negative way or shaken his confidence a little but he had no reason to lose confidence in himself right they were just they were just they that just, good he just didn't win you right know that? And, um, and I remember everyone and I remember watching you and you know um, obviously you went to uh, school with uh a good buddy of mine, Troy Regard, and, you know, talking to him and, uh, you know, and I was always like, because you're the hometown kid, you live 15 minutes from me, and every match was so close, you know, it wasn't like you were getting blown out 15 nothing. you know what I mean? So that had to be so tough, and that's, you know, one of the main reasons I brought you guys on, just to kind of talk about the brotherhood and the bond you guys have with each other. So... Moving past, you know, you guys, you kind of all out of high school, um, and you know, 
we're gonna kind of go over to uh, Anthony again here. Anthony, you you were um, a four-time qualifier at nationals, and you you know four-time EWL champ, um, but you never all American, right? So, and you know, not to keep bringing the mood down, but how many times did you round to twelve? Twice. Twice. Okay. So, you know, talk talk to me about. Um, getting so close and not coming through and you know I, for me I, you know I watched my little brother he never made it to the state tournament and that like I, he, I probably took it harder than he did right mm-hmm. and he was a teammate <clears throat> in Nick for a couple years at Pitt and that's kind of how we got connected up um, you know I was hurting for a couple days for him and he was like alright man sun comes <laughs> up tomorrow whatever <laughs> I'm like alright dude you know you wanna go to Dairy Queen yeah yeah. <laughs> he's like hey let's go get something to eat right <laughs> so talk to me Anthony about you know obviously you went through the highest level of wrestling uh, and you're on that stage and I talked to everyone about this that Friday night round is like magic in our sport, right? You got the NC, you got the semifinals in the middle, and at the dog bones, you got your round of twelve, the blood round matches that are just dog fights. Dudes are trying to get all American status, so you end up falling short twice. What's it like to kind of fall short? And did you lean on these guys? You know, did they reach out to you? You talk about earlier in the podcast, you ran up into the high rafters mm-hmm. of an arena and couldn't be found. Yeah. Was it the same situation, or did you kind of mature a little bit since then? I think I matured a little bit since then. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Hopefully. Hopefully. But, uh, yeah, it was it was definitely a tough experience. Um Senior year was definitely a different experience than junior year because it was okay, you, you had a redshirt year in there, right? I had a redshirt year, and one of the main reasons I redshirted was because Nikki was coming coming on the team the oh, okay. following year. So have that one year experience with him and just get one year one year better, right? And improve, but um, yeah, it was it was hard. Um, and actually, that redshirt year, I competed like extremely well, um, but. Um, so did you go to open tournaments and things of that nature? Yeah, I went to yeah. open tournaments, and I was wrestling a lot of good guys, and I was winning. Um, right. I don't know if it was, like, less pressure or what, but um, definitely a different experience from junior to senior round of 12. But that was probably my favorite matches in my career to, to prep for because the stakes are just so much higher. So when the stakes are higher, it's just a little bit more fun. And uh, my senior year when I lost – it was it was a weird feeling, but it was a it was an okay feeling. Okay. And um, I remember I didn't know what to do after I lost, so I just started doing push-ups because <laughs> <laughs> that's what I that's what I would do after every single match. Right. So I was just like, well, I just got done wrestling. This is what I always do is push-ups, so I might as well just. <laughs> Keep doing it. <laughs> and, uh, so your career's over. Your first thought is, I got to bust out this 50 push-ups. I, I, I guess. I don't know. I don't know where my brain was. But I I was sitting there, and I was still with my singlet on. And I took my phone out, and I just started writing down what I was thinking in my phone. Okay. And it was kind of a little message to myself about remembering this feeling and carrying that feeling on into life after wrestling. And then... I remember getting up and walking around the corner, and this is literally still within, you know, minutes of me losing my careers over, and, you know, I'm literally still in a singlet, 
And at nationals, like they they put the athletes down, you know, on the floor. Yeah, you're in like the little bowl. You're in like yeah, a hockey right. ring, typically. Yeah, right. right. And um, it's you know, it's state of the art venue, mm-hmm. right? I think my senior year was the Oklahoma Thunder basketball team, plays, okay, NBA yeah. team. So we're VIP talking about access. Yeah, yeah, we're talking like literally <laughs> VIP access down to the athlete floor. And I turn the corner, and I see JJ and Nikki there. How the you guys don't have a badge? Like you gotta, you need a badge. You need to go through an elevator. Like you need to go through like three different people who check your. How the heck did you get? I don't know how they got down there, but they were looking for me, and they it again. You know, like they must have beelined for me right after. So that was also something I'll never forget. But you know, to to wrap this statement up, it's. If I didn't give it everything I had, then I would probably still feel some hurt. But I know, looking back, like, I gave it, like... Everything. Everything and probably more. Right. And I didn't do it, so, like, how can I be mad? You know? And having the experiences of losing, I think, is um, much more beneficial than than winning as far as, like, an overall life experience. So... Nice. That's where I kind of stand on. So on that. that makes complete sense because you talked about the story, uh, it, like we just talked about, you know, a little bit ago. Every time Nick would lose, you were like, "Cool, man, yeah, that's good stuff." Yeah, and good. I'm like, to me, I'm like, "What the hell is he talking about?" Right? But that breaks it down, and that kind of makes it a lot more sense for me. Um, getting to know you guys a little bit more on a personal level, and that's the crazy thing about our sport. You know, it doesn't matter if you, like, I wasn't that, like, I was a little bit above average in high school, but everything I carry and everything I do in my everyday life is because of how I base everything off of wrestling. Mm-hmm. And that's anyone you talk to, it, to me, and that's why I started this podcast, just get everyone's stories. And, you know, I might have some kid that's never wrestled before catch it. And, like, that's it. They get the bug. And to me, it's the greatest trainer in sport. But to not get off on a tangent, because I could talk about wrestling for, like, hours. <laughs> but... For JJ and Nick, you know, you guys race down there and get your brother and kind of grab him in your arms. And, you know, we're talking, that was what, 2000? What was your 2014. 14. So we're talking six years from now. He still remembers that like it's the back of his hand, right? What, um, what were you thinking watching his match? And what was it like to see your brother... For Nick, for you, it's flipped, right? So he always watched you kind of come up a little short. Mm-hmm. Now you're watching kind of, and you, I'm sure you looked up for both of them, but for Nick especially, or for Anthony especially, because he won those state championships that you were trying to drive so hard for, what was it like watching him kind of come up short? And I'm sure that's a different feeling than what you've never had before. Man, it was it was tough. It was harder than any loss that I've ever experienced right. myself. Um, I cried. I'm yeah. not gonna lie. I cried. <laughs> yeah, I was in tears. And when JJ and I snuck down into that area where Anthony was, and Anthony's like, not even he's, he's like hiding cool his it. emotions. <laughs> he's so cool. Like like he said, he had no regrets with his training. I'm like in tears. I'm like looking at him. Like, how are you not upset? So that was a huge. I mean, it just opened my eyes and gave me a whole different perspective as I was moving yeah. into my So that was your career. freshman year, right? Yeah. So. Yeah, he was just, I was finishing my career. He was starting his right. new chapter in his right. career. Right, yeah. 
So JJ, what, what you know? What's kind of your perspective, you know, on that situation? Break it down for me a little bit. Yeah, I think I think I mean, there's think about wrestling. Like, who actually feels good about the end of at the end of their career? No. I think <laughs> almost everyone's like, man, I should have done better. Unless like you've won the Olympic gold, and then even some of those guys are probably like, I could do it again, and yeah. then they don't or something. You know? Right, right. There's, there's. I mean, that's just the extreme competitor in everybody, and. Uh, I think I was far enough removed from the sport, having like been ten years older than mm-hmm. than Nick, and I, th- I think you just come to a point where you you make peace with what you've done, and you you just move on. Right. You know, it's not um, a happy or sad thing. It's not. Uh, I've. It's not like oh, wrestling's over. I think a lot of people are happy when the sport's over. Honestly, like it's like. You have yeah. shelf life in, yeah. this, in this place, and uh, and you give what you can and what you're willing to give when you're competing, and when you're done, you put your focus to something else. Right. And I, I realize that. And after watching Anthony and Nick, you know, have their shortcomings, mm-hmm. as everyone expectedly is going to have, uh, you know, it's, it's almost like the same thing as Anthony. Not not good. Like you wish they experienced like that all American status. And uh, and they just came up short, but they're gonna be fine. They've taken what they needed right. to take from the sport. Yep. And it wasn't all encompassing, you know. Like wrestling wasn't the the center of their happiness of life. You know, it was kind of the center. It's where you put all your attention. Right. Even though you're in college. <laughs> right. You take geology and astrology class. <laughs> right. Right. That right. Stuff. Um, but yeah, they, they 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 got what they needed to from the sport. Yeah, and you're just kind of along good for the experience. ride, you know. Good good experience. Yeah, yeah. So you know, and that's kind of a common theme of what we've been talking about the whole time, just kind of picking each other up and helping each other move forward. Um, Nick, you kind of you know going through your career at Pitt, you know, kind of fast forwarding to your senior, you had a pretty successful senior year. Um, you know, you qualified at, or you placed at two really, really hard tournaments at, at CKLV and Midlands. Or honestly, besides NCAs, those are the toughest tournaments in the country for sure. Um, with the scuffle being right there with them. Um, so, talk about just for me a little bit. Talk about your mindset going into your senior year. Um, did you have your brothers kind of pushing you, uh, maybe on the mental side of things? You know, and, and it's, this sport's a meat grinder, right? And you're wrestling Division One, and it's so tough. But, you know, you get to Nationals, and, you know, you kind of, same thing as uh, Anthony, you fall short. Um, flipping the, the script again, you're back on, you know, you're falling short, you know, of what you're trying to do. Was it any different for these two? Were they still there just to, as much as ever, you know? So talk about that a little bit for me. Honestly, Donnie, I think it was the the contrary. Um, I think they kind of took a, a back seat and okay. let me come to them okay. as a support. Um, but senior year, it was kind of like finally, right? Like I was starting to see some sort of success. I'm like, finally, and that's what they've been preaching to me since I was in high school, middle school. Right. Is 
you know, if you put in the work, the results are going to come. And I'm like sitting there waiting years, years go by. I'm like, when are the results going to come? Right. Maybe that's high standards, high expectations for myself. But at the same time, it's like, when is, when are these results that I'm expecting out of myself going to happen? And and that finally came senior year. Right. Um, so I wasn't, I was enjoying the hell out of my senior year because of it, you know, and it just it it gives you a lot less stress, um, and when you have less stress, you're gonna wrestle a lot better. Yeah, that's, that's the truth, one hundred percent. So, you know, talking about, you know, we're kind of winding down on all your guys' career. Talk to me, you know, and and one thing I want to get into real quick, uh, and we're kind of shift gears a little bit. All you guys are kind of smaller guys, right? You're all in high school. You, your freshman year, you were either 112 or 103. With everything that's going on, they're trying to get rid of the 103, 106 weight class. I want to get your guys' perspective. You know, obviously, people that are around the circles don't think it's too much of a good idea. To me, I would love to get your guys' perspective as someone that's all three of you guys wrestled that weight class or around it. What do you guys think about that? Go ahead, Nick. Yeah. Nick, you want to take it? Uh, I, if the goal, if the goal of taking that weight class out is to eliminate cutting weight, that's they're doing it wrong. Right. Um, they got to change something somewhere right. else. Mm-hmm. You know, for Anthony, and I don't know about you, JJ, but he was you were 90, 90 pounds drinking protein shakes trying to get to 103. You know, going into freshman That's a common story I hear, for sure. Right. And wrestling's a unique sport where it allows certain sized humans to (laughs) compete at a sport. Right, mean, And and I think... You don't have to be a gladiator looking guy to be good, right? Exactly. And actually going back full circle to the very beginning of this, this podcast where I said, eighth grade, I felt a switch... And I said, okay, I'm going to quit all my other sports and focus on wrestling in hopes to get a scholarship. Right. I'm eighth grade. I was literally 85 pounds. Like I yeah. was tiny. So what other what other opportunity can wrestling provide an 85 pound eighth grader for a and for hopes of becoming you know achieving uh, NCAA scholarship? Right. A college scholarship. Yeah. Basketball. <laughs> right, exactly. Right. So, but yeah. So, now I would to answer your question, I would say I I don't agree with it because I it gave me an opportunity that maybe I wouldn't have been able to have. Right. And that experience, which led me through the next eight years of my life, yeah, and eight nine years in, and in now wrestling, you are today. And yeah, it carries on. So, yeah. um, and I think Nick hit it. We have a pretty big problem in the culture of our sport of wrestling nowadays and I encourage people to watch the Flow Wrestling documentary about cutting weight because it's pretty eye-opening and it just talks about the dangers of cutting weight and it's a cultural thing in our sport I think Nikki hit on it if you get rid of the 103 pound weight class I mean that may actually backfire and encourage more weight cutting and that's one thing we're trying to get rid of in yeah, this sport yeah absolutely JJ yeah I, I, I wonder what the reason is is, is it to like consolidate some weight classes mm-hmm. uh, I, 
you know, I, I don't know the reasoning. I'm, I'm a little bit out of the coaching game, and I don't know the landscape of the sport right. uh, so well. But, you know, it, it, it does take opportunities away from other kids, yep. and, and that's, not, that's not what it should be. I, and I agree. And, you know, I think um, Ty Nauman said it best, and he – did he overlap with you a little bit in college? Mm-hmm, I was yeah. on the same team as yeah. yeah. So he – and I had him on last week and kind of talking to him. And I think it's – he said it best where if you get 106, the big thing is that everyone's talking about is that a lot of times there's, there's forfeits at 106. That's the hardest weight to fill – and it doesn't matter if you get 106 or the next weight class up, you're still going to have forfeits because you can't bump a guy into that weight class, right? So at 182, you can bump a 170-pounder or have a 160-pounder drink a couple bottles of water before weigh-ins so he can bump up. Yeah. So it doesn't make a lot of sense to me, and I've been kind of beating that drum like crazy that, you know, and Willie from Flow has put out like all kinds of statistics of all the guys that have been Olympic or national champions that have started their career at 103 or 106. Um, And I think that, you know, we as a sport and, you know, us kind of, you know, I have a a little bit of a platform and bringing you guys on with me to kind of talk about all of that. But so getting kind of back into your guys' life a little bit, you know, your careers, all your careers are over. You know, we're a couple years, Nikki, you just graduated a couple years ago from Pitt. You know, you're a couple, uh, Anthony, you're a couple years removed as well. And JJ, you're, you know, well removed. <laughs> right. I didn't say old. I didn't say old. But, you know, you're the oldest brother, right? So talk to me, and it, and it might be different for all three of you guys. Talk to me about how much wrestling meant to you now in the adult life. Whether it be the competition side of things, like, hey, whatever I'm doing, I'm going to be the best at what I'm doing. Or the mental grind every day. Hey, this isn't nothing because, you know, I went through wrestling practice where I thought I was going to die on the mat. So um, let's just go, we'll go around the table, Nick. Why don't you start, you know, and how it's kind of brought you into your life now? Yeah. Um, well, um, one, one major thing that sticks out to me is, is, having a conversation with Tyler Wilps okay uh, when he was our volunteer assistant for a year I think that was that was my junior year and uh, he just said something that really stuck with me and I, I even used in job interviews is that wrestling doesn't define who he is as a person but the experiences that he he had wrestling is who he is um, so that that really kind of stuck with me. Like I said, I use it in job interviews. Absolutely. Um, I I think um, JJ and I were having a conversation here on on the way, and we're just talking like you know, some people at the end of their career they it's hard to let go of the sport. Right. Um, you just have to be able to have that mindset, switch that gear. Mm-hmm. Switch your energy into something different, something greater. Yeah. Um, so that's that's kind of my mindset. Of course, I miss it. Right. Um, and I still love the sport. I try to stay involved as much as I can just to get my fix. Right. But, you know, that's we true, can't man. compete unless it's at the uh, Fat, Bald, and Ugly <laughs> tournament, whatever that is. But, no, it's... it's uh, it's a love that will never go away. Absolutely. Man. It, um, but like I said, it's 
it's not a sport that defines me, but yeah, man, it's, it's and a that's huge that's such a great quote that you know Ty has talked about. Yeah, Anthony, we'll go with you next. Uh, you know, what, what do you think on that question I just asked? Yeah, that's such a it's such a good question. I think it's an important question for a lot of wrestlers to to actually have that conversation with themselves. Um, I think everyone in their lives have certain you know, pillars or characteristics that they try to live their life by. And I think a lot of the pillars that I try to live my life by are very similar with the pillars that I had in trying to achieve success in wrestling. And wrestling is something I get and understand, and if I can translate the struggles, the highs and the lows with what I experience and just translate into what I'm doing now or life now, then I think it's um, takes the guessing game and takes the like complexity out of it. Okay. Right? Like let's just kind of break it down into, hey, life is hard. Okay, how did I overcome hard things in in wrestling? Right? You have a plan. Okay, we break down this plan and then we try to execute it and achieve it. And if that's not working, then we change our plan until we get it right. <laughs> so it's like it's it's not. It, it's. I'm not saying I, I have it figured out because I don't, but um, wrestling is a is a respect thing, and I think a lot of people can can respect you, and that's one thing that I I don't need everybody to like me, but I would re, you know I want people to respect me. There's a difference between um, liking and respecting, I think, and I think it gives me an appreciation for kids who are, are who are trying wrestling and trying to stick with it. Um, it's not an easy sport. It's it's intimidating. Like imagine being six years old and you're in a gym with a bunch of strangers and you have to go out on a mat by yourself in a singlet. Which, let's be honest, a singlet isn't the most comfortable thing either, especially for a six, seven, eight-year-old. So the courage to do that and and lose and come back because everyone's gonna lose is, um, in my in my opinion, a win, a win in life. So um, that's kind of where I stand on the sport. I, uh, you know, I again, I have my pillars of how I want to treat people, how I want to think about myself and what I want to accomplish in this life and a lot of that is a similar mindset right to wrestling and it's it takes the takes the complexity out of, out of it so go ahead JJ and, and I know that's tough to yeah, talk no, because he's so passionately about it no it was insightful uh, and and as an as an older brother yourself you're right. uh, and sometimes amazed at your younger brothers? A lot. That was yes. like a little bit of a moment for me. I was, <laughs> that was cool. Man. I appreciate that. Um, yeah. Uh, I lost my train of thought. Uh, but I think you're always worried about, uh, not worried, but you're always trying to improve. You have expectations for yourself. And in wrestling, you're always doing something. And mm-hmm. it's and the thing about wrestling that's different from any other sport that high school can offer you is that that flip that switch never gets to be turned off if you want to be successful it's a lifestyle thing so everything that you're doing is everything that you're doing is leading to getting to this goal right so um, I think that carries on that you have high 
high expectations from yourself and that there are actions that you take to get to those expectations. So there's just a constant, um, constant chasing of, of whatever that you're going after. And sometimes that can be a curse. Right? <laughs> right. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's some kind of feeling about not being satisfied, like getting the next thing. Right. But, uh, you have to manage that and just be mm-hmm. thankful. Yeah. And, and I'll, I'll add to that because it's one thing that I've learned the hard way sometimes, and I think I think within JJ, between JJ, Nikki, and myself, I would probably consider ourselves as pretty. I'd probably say like not to toot our own horns, but we try to stay pretty humble. Yeah. Okay. Right. We try to. We're pretty humble people, and I, in my opinion, maybe some people disagree. Right. But <laughs> here's the thing about in wrestling: the second you get cocky, you're going to get humbled. And someone's going to expose you. Absolutely. And there's, I'll ask anybody out there, the second you get cocky in life, you, you might get humbled pretty quick as well. So there's not, there's not a whole lot of differences. Absolutely. You know? Coach, Coach Stoudemire, don't let the highs get you too high and the lows get you too low. That's Amen. A, that's, that's pretty great. good that's advice. That's a great word by a legend. And just to kind of put my little two cents in with you guys, for me... You know, I one of the main reasons why I started this this podcast, and I think that it's you know I coach a little bit with Aaron, who I've had on. It's a big problem with kids, and it's just something simple, right? Like when you're talking to a kid, sometimes, and I'm not saying all wrestlers are like this, but they don't look at you in the eye when they talk to you, right? They're kind of like looking over here, looking over there. With wrestlers. We have that respect amongst each other, and we know that, hey, we want the battle, and we've, and wrestling practice is so grueling or a match or whatever. We have that respect amongst each other, and that helps you in everyday life, in every aspect. It doesn't matter what I'm doing at work. I'm always thinking about, wow, this sucks, but like, hey, I went through a three-hour wrestling practice where I thought I was going to die multiple times, you know? <laughs> so this can't be that bad, and you just kind of grind through it. So, um, and just kind of wrapping it up, we're going to change one last gear onto a fun note, and I've had so much fun having you guys on. It's been such a great conversation. But I end everyone the same way, and we'll kind of do it around the table. We'll start with Nick, and we'll go to Anthony and end with JJ. Um, I always ask everyone now, I started with Aaron, what is your favorite pin or near fall that you've had in your career? And I had to tell you guys earlier in the season, or earlier, not earlier in the season, but earlier in the day to start thinking about this because, you know, I know sometimes you have to rack your brains a little bit. So go ahead, Nick, t- t- break me down. Uh, yeah, man, it was, uh, I, my mind ran through a, a series of matches, you know. Um, I have a couple that stick out to me, but uh, I'm going to have to put, um, pinning at the uh, ACC's uh, going for third to go to nationals and it was oh, just yeah. like a really special moment I was almost happier for my family like <laughs> we had I don't even know thir- 30 to yeah. 40 fans was that cousins, a, is that at home? Was that was a bit? UNC? Oh, it was at UNC. Yeah, okay, and you had all those people well, coming we down to UNC. My dad's side. We had my mom's side. You know, we had so many people up in the up in the stands. And as soon as I, as soon as the ref blew the whistle and hit the mat, I was like, 
I look straight up and you just hear them screaming yeah. and pro- other people are probably like saying, like, what is going on? Right. You know what I mean, right. it was just like, I was just happy for them to be able to experience yeah, like what I've been looking for. You know, it's mm-hmm. a, it's a group, it's a group effort for sure. It's, it's not me. You know what I mean? Absolutely. That was super, super special um, because they know how important it is to me. And, and that just, uh, it, I just thrived off of it. I love it. Go ahead, Anthony. Tell me, tell me kind of your story. Uh, my favorite, one of my favorite wins and matches, I think, was against uh, Alan Waters. Missouri. At yeah. Nationals. You got yeah. backs. You got some near falls there. Yeah. yeah. I think uh, the two years I got matched up with him, uh, first match in Nationals, and he was the 12th seed the one year, and he was the third or second seed the next year. Mm-hmm. And everyone's like, ah, oh, tough draw, tough draw, you know, right. that stinks. And I beat him both years, and the last year, or the probably hates my you. junior year. <laughs> yeah, he probably does. He probably does. <laughs> yeah, the, like, I think my junior year, he was, you know, second or third seed, and he was... It was real hot that year, you know. He was beating a lot of guys, and that was the year he beat Gillibon, the classic slam at the, uh, the, the national Gil- doors. No, that was, Gilman, uh, right? That was or Gilman, Gilman. Yeah. not Gillibon. Gilman, no, that's what I meant. Yeah. yeah. But he was he was like having a great year, and uh, I beat him in overtime. I was down the whole match, took him down with like maybe five ten seconds left in the third period, and then took him down again. Yeah. Uh, in overtime, and um, I I don't know why that's my favorite match because. It wasn't like a championship or anything. Yeah. It was just, uh, I think, a second round, a first round of nationals. But, uh, again, like going back to what I said early, earlier, I think just because, like, the stakes were so high. Yeah, man. And, like, you, you really couldn't celebrate a whole lot. Like, you, you had a quick celebration and quick turnaround time to compete mm-hmm. again. So it was just, like, everything was rolling. Everything was, like, on to like the next going one, off right. full cylinders, like quick celebration, feeling good, shot of confidence. All right, back to back to the drawing board. Who, what's next? Let's go and put it behind you. But uh, I think I think that I'd say overall, that's probably one of my, my favorite. My matches. favorite for Anthony is true freshman putting yes. Matt McDonough on his back. Matt McDonough, I love yeah. it. Uh, yeah. Hey, do we have Chance Marsteller's mom on, on speed dial? <laughs> she'll say, she'll tell you that he was pinned. She was okay. A, true freshman. Like, yeah, he was pinned. I saw it. That was the year, was year he was the man. Oh, right? Yeah. He was. He won it that year. He beat Nico that year. Nico was he a freshman. No, no, that was that would have been no, his no, next year. Yeah, that was the next his year. His junior, and that was his best year. His junior year. Yeah. Yeah. My favorite match with Nicky was, I think, maybe Luke Karam. Uh, oh yeah. yeah, I actually just watched that today. Okay. I, was, I, googled, I googled all your guys' name, and I'm like, damn, he beat Luke Carroll at nationals or wherever. I'm like, all right, good stuff, man. That match, and then beat him at at, at Lehigh maybe yeah. like a month before to like basically solidify his like uh, qualification in nationals. That was such a big match because he's yeah. a hometown here at Lehigh. Lehigh's yeah. a you very gotta, tough to play. You got to see this video. Anthony had to. Oh, Check the was, durability of the bleachers. I was so pumped up. I was like, I was like trying to break the bleachers. <laughs> I, was I love freaking. it. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, JJ. Feed me one to me, is, buddy. Is this airing after Tarquinio's? It is. All right. Because, spoiler alert, Tarquinio ended his match getting cement jobbed. Yes. 
or his career? Yes. Well, his, his in, in high school, yeah. Okay. Well, guess what, Ron? I ended my career getting cement jobbed in high school and college. So. Oh, <laughs> Boom. man. <laughs> hey, I'm going out on my shield, bro. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> no, it was, uh, I was... I was dreadful on top, so, you know, back points was always just, like, a very pleasant surprise, but, yeah, I don't I don't have a pin or an earfall that comes to mind. Okay, so just, if it's just, not a pin or a match, match. Just well, if it's, yeah, what about a match if it's not a pin or an earfall? Um, I had two pretty fun wins that, uh, in college that I enjoyed. One was my first time becoming an All-American at Mercier's. Absolutely. It was a, uh, it was a, one of those... Overtimes like ride out, ride out, right? Overtimes, and uh, it was against a dude that was a uh, returning runner up. Oh, so wow, was, that was fun! And uh, honestly, I don't even know if I expected myself to win, but I was just <laughs> I remember being exhausted that match. I was just like pushing the kid the whole time, and it felt like I had to pee my pants. Uh, I kept it in though, and then uh, I beat Shane Valco my uh, my senior year, and that was fun. It was a senior rec match, he was higher ranked than I am, right? And Shane's a cold dude, I've uh, caught up with him a number of times, and then he was just at a weight class too mm-hmm. high for himself. But mm-hmm. uh, it was it was a fun win, yeah. You know, just to have, and a lot of family was there, yeah, for my last home match and everything. So that was yeah. fun. So kind of wrapping everything up with you guys, and uh, you know we've been talking, you know, for almost well, it is over an hour now, and it's flown by. I just enjoyed mm-hmm. so much, and uh, you know the basis of what I want everyone to get out of this story and kind of why I did this is a different format than like documentaries and stuff that you know the brotherhood even it, it is so big in wrestling and you know these guys just broke it down for you guys so you know passionately um you know just so cool to just sit down and talk about you know everyone's shortcomings and how they picked each other up and, and that whole uh, going through all the life, you know, and then even in the post life of wrestling. But, um, you know, I'm going to thank you guys for coming on. I really appreciate it. Um, you know, we're going to, we're going to wrap it up here. Um, be on the lookout for, uh, my next guest. I have Mr. Brian, uh, Krenslack. His, he's also known as coach Slack. Nice. He's a junior high coach for, um, Ken Mac been doing it for years He's like the guy you see on Instagram that's like picking up a log over his head and like running down the woods and stuff. <laughs> and I'm super excited to have that conversation with him. Um, also, I wanted to plug another podcast. Uh, good friend of mine, friends of mine, the Bonaventure Twins, they wrestle for Waynesburg. Uh, they started a podcast called D3 Nation uh, Wrestling Podcast um, where they're talking and they've been in the D3 landscape for the last 10 years. So they know it very, very well. They talk about coaching hires and different schools coming in and out and, um, just check that out. It's very, very cool. But, um, Nick, Anthony, JJ, I really thank you guys for taking your time out and, you know, we're all busy in life, but taking your time out to come talk about some scrapping, it's, it's very cool, you know? So can't beat it. Thanks for having us. Yeah, man. Yeah. So do, do anything for a couple of beers. <laughs> Amen, man. Amen. <laughs> with that being said, thank you guys for listening to another edition of Near Falls with D Hall.